Hey guys, thanks for joining me on the Confident Man Podcast today. Today we have a special treat. Kenny Dallas from M46 Dads is going to be with us. Kenny and Tim Sexton started M46 Dads a few years ago, and it's a way to help men be better dads. And the cool part of it is how Kenny's story leads him to that. And that's where he's going to take us today. He's going to take us down the path of his story kind of getting to the point where he could do this. And it's a story of brokenness. It's a story of making mistakes, something that I think a lot of us as men can understand. Now, you got to understand, Kenny is a head football coach. He's been one for 20 years. Uh, he's very passionate. So once this story takes off, it's going to be a great one. So buckle up and get ready for our interview with Kenny Dallas from M46 Dads. Welcome to the Confident Man Podcast, empowering men with the confidence they need to live their adventure. Now, here is your host, David Maxwell. All right, uh, Kenny, thanks for being on the Confident Man Podcast. Um, and, and just, I'd love to hear your story about how you ended up focusing on dads. You do M46, which is focusing on men. We're going to talk a little bit about that later, but tell me your story and your passion for dads, where that came from. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, that's a loaded question and really appreciate <laughs> it uh, being here with you, with you, David. But um, I, look, I'm, I'll, I'll kind of go directly, kind of let you know how, how this was kind of formed inside of me. I, I, um, about 10 years ago, I, I was a high school football coach. Actually, I let me go back to college. So I, I'm playing, I'm playing baseball and playing football in college. And I surrendered yeah. to the ministry. I've got my own story with my dad and how I, how I grew up. And maybe we'll get into that a little later. Um, but uh, I, I'm in college and I surrendered to the ministry and I'm figuring out, you know, what exactly I, I should be doing. I'm actually playing ball and actually uh, working at a little local church kind of on the side and kind of figure out maybe, I don't know quite if church work jobbed with me. I think God kind of gave me kind of two attributes. He gave me this big old voice and I've got a motor. Like I just wake yeah. up every morning and I'm ready to go kill something and get after it, you know? <laughs> and so uh, kind of talking through a few men that were in my life at that time, I kind of figured out man, teaching and coaching. Like what I really wanted to do was challenge boys towards godly manhood. I wanted to do some things that some men had done for me. And that yeah. really was kind of where the passion was. And so I kind of went, I remember coming home one day and, and telling my, my, my fiance, actually, I think we were married at that point, finishing out uh, college. And I was looking at seminaries, you know, in college and, and I come home and I tell Shannon, I said, you know what? I think I'm going to major in uh, PE, PE and health and secondary ed. She was like, we're looking at seminaries. You're going to be a gym coach. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> actually, actually, I think that's the direction I'm headed. And so so, man, so back in 1996, I started teaching and coaching, and God blessed us. Our focus was on, you know, building programs, winning on the field, but also winning off the field with boys of challenging yeah. them towards godly manhood. And I'm going to tell you, for any guys that are out there that coach, whether it's little league or middle school or high school, I just, I believe the opportunity for a coach to influence a kid's life. I mean, it's literally kids walk up to you and all, but basically just hand you their heart and go here. Do. What, what are you going to do with it? You know? Yeah. So man, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching and coaching and building football programs. This kind of goes all the way back to 2011, 2012, been doing it then for about maybe 16 years, somewhere along the way, have some success. Actually my last year there, 2011, uh, coaching the Georgia Dome for a state championship, named the AP coach of the year for the state of Georgia, kind of a, all this cool stuff. But be restless 
during that time. And I was kind of starting to ask myself, is God calling me to do something else? I mean, I've been doing this for 16, 17 years, had, had, had won a good bit, had been successful, had all of those kind of things. And I started looking around like, is God calling me to do this? Is he calling me to do that? And I just become kind of restless in, in my heart. And man, this is a long story made as short as I can make it. Um, but um, I had a friend of mine who had, had started a uh, small school in Middle Tennessee and had, had asked me to come and be a part of that and basically be an assistant head of school. And so, man, I'd been in a place for 11 years. My kids had grown up there, everything established, everything done, everything going well. To be quite honest, probably making a little more money than I thought I'd ever make as a high school coach. We're having success. And I just feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. And I mm. uproot my family six kids. My wife stayed at home. I had a house about two minutes away from my school. And we go and do something completely different in a brand new area, completely different. And to be quite honest, David, like I just, I felt this is what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. And again, I, dude, I, transparency, I'll tell the whole story to anybody, but it just went sideways from the very first moment. And so here I was, this guy who was this Christian leader, and I'm always, look, you're the head football coach at church. You know, I'm the guy who prays for people. If people don't pray for me, I pray for them. And, and if there's a Bible study, I'm probably going to end up leading it or, or part leading it. And just for whatever reason, you know, it's it, it, that, that's kind of how it had always been for me in my life. And I went through a period, David, and it's, it's a part of the story of why I do M46 Dads Today, yeah. because I experienced something then that I had never experienced in my entire life. And people have different words for it. And I guess you can call it depression. I went through mm -hmm. a period of about 18 months where I just started to sink and sink and sink. And, and, I, and it started with me second guessing myself. And listen, the people where I moved to, beautiful people, beautiful area has nothing to do with them. It has to do with me. But like I'm doing something different. I'm in a brand new space and it just didn't feel right. And so I begin questioning myself, like, am I really supposed to be here? Did I, did I do the right thing? Do I do I? Am I am I am I dumb? Do I have wisdom? Was <laughs> yeah. I did I leave because I was scared? Did I and I start second guess my? But I'm going to tell you, I was such an island. I didn't want my wife to see it. I didn't want my kids mm -hmm. to see it. I didn't want my coworkers to see it. There, I'm in a new place, so there's no one I'm speaking to. I became such an island, and it's part of why, like I just preach transparency now, man. All I can all I can explain is I went from a guy who probably the ultimate, I see the glass is half full, not yeah. empty type of guy to, man, uh, listen, I could barely feel my heart. My, yeah. my Kind of what I live off of is the passion of knowing God's called me to do things and I wake up in the morning and I get after it. And so much of that was, it, it, it was leaving me and it, it, it was a scary place. And to be quite mm. honest with kind of you and with, with any of your listeners, I had never been at a place in my life. I'd look, I'd been through hard times and I'd been through tough times and I didn't grow up in an easy situation in terms of money or that, but I had never felt in my life a period where hope was feeling evasive of me. Mm. I, I felt like hope was leaving me. And, and to be quite honest, man, I got to a point where I was just fake it during the day, the best I possibly could. And then I would just come home and go to my bedroom and lay on my bed. And it, like, I, I went from being a dad who honestly, we come home and we play wiffle ball, and we shoot hoops and we jump on the trampoline and we, this to, man, I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm just trying to make it. And, mm -hmm. um, 
I, look, I, I would gladly share my story with anybody. And to be honest, God's given me a completely new group of men that I can relate to nowadays. Anybody who's gone through a period of their time where they just feel like I've screwed it all up. I've messed yeah. it all up. I've destroyed it. I've whatever, because listen, I didn't blame God. I didn't blame my wife. I didn't blame the place where I went. I didn't blame the place that I'd left from. I blamed myself. And it just, it was like, I was just falling into a hole deeper and deeper until, I mean, at one point, I just don't know anything else to do, David. I, I walk out into the middle of some field. I don't even know whose property it was in Tennessee. I'm just walking out into some middle of some woods and I sit down and in such a broken place that I can't even fathom like where my mind was. And honestly, it kind of makes me sick at my stomach to even mm -hmm. think back at that period of time of some of the thoughts that were going through my head at that time of the defeatism of the everything that was going on inside of me uh, to, be, to give you a little more background i'd taken a uh, a i'd taken a pay i was so sure of this i'd taken a pay cut to go there knowing that the salary would come back up over time and and anyway things weren't working out i was trying to cover a mortgage back where i was at and also where i was at my wife had to go back i'll be quite honest i started losing a house and lost the house Backwards from so I was dealing with some financial troubles. I felt mm -hmm. like now I've my wife who wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I've sent her back to work. Dude, my life just felt like it was crumbling apart, and it was all because of my decision yeah. uh, of me. And so I'm sitting in the middle of a field in Tennessee, and I literally just sit down. Have no idea where this spot is. I just sit down, and I just I, I listen. Hadn't had a quiet time in probably a year, to be quite honest. I was just surviving. And I just pray to God and I say, God, I just don't know what to do. I don't mm -hmm. know where to go. I, 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 I need something. I need your help. And I was just, it was a prayer of desperation. I can't even remember exactly the words I said, but that's the heart of it was just, I need you. I need you to show me. I need you. And I just sit there and I just say, I cannot move like until I, uh, until I can have some help. And, and I listen, I don't hear the audible voice of God, David, but in my heart. And again, it didn't come from a quiet time because I was yeah. not the quiet time dude at that time. <laughs> now I was probably still having to speak some things because I'm still having to try to be the leader, but yeah. I was just doing it the best I possibly could out of effort. Uh, but man, as crystal clear in my spirit, I could hear God spoke a verse over me, just said, though a just man falls seven times, he rises again. Mm. And it was as crystal clear. It wasn't audible. It was as it was just fresh water, you wow. know, in me, you know, scripture talks about that. He's the lifter of our head. And I physically, David, remember like almost lifting my head and taking a breath. The only way I can explain it to people is I just feel like, man, I was at the bottom of a pit and it was mm. like, I kept going and going. And then that day it was like, there was the rock and God mm. was there and he was the bottom of that pit. And then there was, there was the bottom. And so all I knew to do, man, I'm, I'm excited. It's like, I had a little breath inside of my, inside of my heart and my lungs. I go back to my wife, go directly to my wife, Shannon, by the way, I've known Shannon. We our whole lives. We, we go into school together since the fifth grade. So we've known each wow. other for a long, yeah. been, through a, been through a whole lot together, uh, started dating our junior year in high school, but I go home to Shannon and, uh, and I tell her, I said, Shan, like, I just heard God say to me, though a just man falls seven times, he rises again. It's like, Shannon, I, there's more ahead of me 
like there, there's more head. And she said, Kenny Dallas, she said, Kenny Dallas, do you feel like a failure? And I said, and listen, I'm, this is not scriptural. We shouldn't speak like this and own stuff. But I said, I know I'm a failure. Like yeah. that's exactly how I felt. And yeah. she said something that also impacted me right there. She said, Kenny, we have six kids. How many of them do you think are going to fail at anything? And I said, all of them, they'll all fail at something. And she said, show them how to do it. Yeah. And in that moment, it was like God gave me two things. Number one, he had told me, though a just man falls, he gets back up. Like failure is a part of this thing. I've got something on the other side. And then my wife just kind of breathed a little more on top of that. And it was like, show your kids how to fall down and how to get back up. And listen, as, as a coach, how many millions of times have I told kids, listen, it ain't about how you get knocked down. It's about how fast you get back up. You know, all these words yeah. that we said a million times, yeah. now I'm actually supposed to do the things that I say, yeah. you know, or, or in your mind. But man, it was those two things that kind of, that, that, that just breathed life into me of like, okay, God says I have a purpose. God says I have a purpose. And my wife just asked me a question and kind of let me know part of my purpose is my whole life. I've been parenting my children and showing them how to win, how to be successful, how to, how to, how to get ahead, how to work hard, how to this, you know what? I haven't shown them. I have not shown them how to fail. And I'm mm. about, to, and I'm about, and I'm going to just tell you, it was yeah. those two things that were a real turning point, you know, for, uh, you know, for me, by the way, side note, my wife said, Hey, that year and a half that we spent before that, she was like, I probably had said that to you like a dozen times. <laughs> it's the only time I remember her ever saying it. So full disclosure, she said, Hey, you could have done this like 18 months ago, but, uh, yeah. but I was like, yeah. Hey, uh, you know, you know, Jesus said, let those who have ears to hear like, ah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I, I didn't hear it until then. But at that moment, it was kind of like, okay, we need to restart. It's almost like scripture says, forgetting what is past. I got to press on towards the goal in Jesus Christ. Okay. That whatever I think that experience was, you know, whatever it was, it, it's time to move. It's time to yeah. move forward. And so one of the things I did is um, I just kind of got up. And at that time, it wasn't long after that was interesting. Some buddies of mine, one of my best friends, the head football coach at a great school in South Atlanta, Eagles Landing Christian Academy, associated with a great church. Actually, their, their student pastor there is Mark Hall of Casting Crowns. It's a it's an awesome, you know, dynamic place, dynamic, uh, some dynamic men. But there's about three or four men there that I really loved and, and, and were good men. And honestly, there was an option to go back there. I'd never been an assistant coach, but the idea of go be an assistant coach and help teach at the school. And, you know, for me, it was like, you know what? I think that's exactly what I need. I need some men to breathe into me. I need some men to help me. Like it, this has always been about me serving others, me doing me, what I, and listen, it, 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 and so it was pretty crystal clear. The tough thing though, David was that school was the rival school of, of the school that I had come from and coached for 11 years. In fact, <laughs> the last time we had played, we'd played in the fourth round of the playoffs. I mean, had just some unbelievable games. And so even that, I had to get over my mind of going, you know what? I got to forget what is past. I got to press on towards the goal. If yeah. this is what God has for me to step forward, I've got to do. I know I've been talking for a while to get to answer your question. That's Why fine. I go, I go to this, I go to this school and it's a school church combined. It's a private Christian school yeah. uh, and uh, associated with church. 
So I start teaching and coaching there. And, and to be quite honest, uh, the pastor at one point, you know, comes to me and says, hey, I want you to kind of come. And look, they knew my story. The one thing coming out of that place, as I thought, is I will never be an island again. I, yeah. I have got to create some things in my life, even as a leader, that, look, we, we have a little saying, you know, you can't give what you don't have and, and, and those kind of things. I, there's got to be some pouring into myself, so me to be able to pour out to others. There's got to be a place, even as a leader, that I can go and say, these are my fears. These yeah. are my anxieties. These are the things that I worry about, you know, just so I can speak them and that other men, like, I, and, and a man's got to be intentional about creating that in his life, or I think he's in a bad place where, honestly, I ended up. Yeah. Uh, so I'll say all that to say, I end up back at this at this place. And so I have in my heart, even coming out of this time, oh, there, there's got to be a place of transparency. There's got to be a place where men can be honest. I literally had watched my family, not that my family crumbled during that period of time, but they struggled. I could literally come out of my room at night and see more fighting, more, you know, kids being harsh with each other and dealing with each other and the stress on my wife and all of this. I could see it. It was almost like it was slow motion watching a game in front of me, but there was just nothing inside of me to be able to do like I was just in survival mode for, for yeah. part of the time. So to, all that to say, I go back, I spend some time there at a certain point, you know, the pastor of this church after a year or so, I don't know, whenever it was, he came to me and he said, Hey, would you be interested in helping, you know, kind of leading some leaders over here on, on the church side? He knew my story. He knew everything about that had gone through and knew it. Was, and, and of course I tell him, I was like, Hey man, I, what, what what can I tell a church leader, you know? And he said, nope, I don't want you to lead. I just want you to lead the leaders, create a little small group with them, make sure the leaders are okay. And so it was, yeah. a, it was really a cool time for me because honestly, it was the first time I'm just truly leading from a place of complete weakness of realizing, listen, these people don't need Kenny Dallas. They need Jesus. Yeah. Like they need a gospel centered community. They need to have some folks around where they can express some of their worries and doubts and fears and this, that, the other. And so that's how I wanted to leave. We did a little retreat one day. And at this retreat, the pastor just asked a question. He said, forget your role, forget what you're doing. If you could just lead something, what is something that you would love to be a part of that maybe is not there that, that, you know, you want to just cast a vision for. And to be honest, M46 dads was in my heart. It was simply this, David. It was just, a place where men could just go and put their guards down and kind of say this, we call it AA for dads, by the way, that's what, that's the way I refer to M46 dads. It's like, I can know this, listen, I love my family and I want to honor God. This crap is hard. Yeah. Life life is freaking hard. It's hard at work. It's hard to win at work. And then if I can win at work, it's even harder to win at home. And then what do I do when curveballs are thrown? What are the, and so my idea was just, I, I didn't want to start a parenting class. I, I can't get up in front of people and just say, hey, here's one, two, three steps to a perfect kid. I'm not going to yeah. say that. Come visit my house on Tuesday night. You'll, you'll see that. That's not the case. But I also didn't want to just start another Bible study. There was plenty of Bible studies where you can just say, what's a godly man? Yeah. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I want to be a part of that. But what I wanted to do was just a place where we could inspire men who needed a little inspiration. Like, yeah. listen, kids go on like, like, you know how, like you used to do youth ministry, you know, you would take a week 
and you would go and, and, and go to camp for a week. And people say, well, that's the spiritual mountain. Well, it's good to have some spiritual mountains. Yeah, it is. Life. You know, like it's good. But when as, when as parents do we ever get that? When exactly. as a dad, does a dad ever get a little spiritual mountain to just get away from everything? So part of it I wanted to do was just like just some inspiration. And the other part was just an equipping. Like if a dad just goes, I want to be a good dad. By the way, I don't care where you go and do a survey. You ask the question, listen, you can go down to jail and ask those men in prison. Do you want to be a better dad? Yeah. You go to a church. Do you want to be a better dad? Go to your local elementary and ask, do you want to be a better dad? You know what the answer is? It's a resounding yes. Yeah, Even is. if they're diver- divorced and they live two states away from their kids, you ask them, would you want to be a better dad? The answer is yes. A lot of times it goes back to that statement. We can only give what we have. Mm-hmm. Sometimes men are just not equipped. So there was two things we want. I kind of in my mind, I was like that. I just kind of presented as my, my kind of my vision that day is, Hey, there needs to be a place where men can put down, kind of just put down their guards. Yeah. Like we can just kind of start with a place of not that we start from a place of failure, so to speak, but start from a place of just going, Hey, let's quit acting like everybody's got everything together. Let's yeah. all just recognize this stuff is hard. And here's what we're going to try to do. For some men, we need to breathe some life into them this month. For some men, we want to equip them to go fight for the hearts of their kids, which is really kind of our little our little tagline that, yeah. that we see every month. And so I just presented it. And of course, it was a day or two later, he came to my office and he was like, you know what? We were going to have a conference at the church. It fell through. We've got a little money sitting in this account over here. Do it. And this was, this was seven years ago. He's like, here, you got a little budget, run with it, go do it, launch it. That was seven years ago. So it's just for the men of our church, the men of our community. And we just opened it up. The interesting thing is we picked up a lot of dudes who were not regular church dudes because yeah. we just asked a simple question. Who wants to be a better dad? Yeah. That was the question. And I'm going to tell you, we just chose a time. Fridays at 6.30 in the morning, 6.30 to 7.30. It's hard to choose the perfect time. Guys work different shifts. We just chose the time. And to be quite honest, I showed up that first Friday just thinking, are we going to have anybody there? The house was packed. And wow. honestly, seven years later, the house is packed. Every, every last Friday of the month that we do it. I do need to back up and tell you one other thing. And at some point, I'll probably take it water and you can speak on your own show. <laughs> no, it's good. Speak the whole time here. But it, when I first came to that church, uh, at one night, there was a man speaking to some other leaders. It was like a Sunday night, and he was, you know, just kind of doing a little preparation for leaders. And the first thing I heard out of his mouth was he said, we have got to start being loud, being willing to be loud about our sin, but then even be louder about our king. And he yeah. was very, very direct about that. And um and to be quite honest, it, it's the guy that that we partner and do this together with, Tim Sexton. But in that moment, I was like, okay, that's a dude I got to meet right there. Yeah. And so as soon as he was done, I walked over to him. I was like, hey, man, I'm not going to stalk you or anything, but me and you got to go get – you got to go grab dinner or go grab breakfast. <laughs> the next day. I'm about to be friends with you, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, just hearing him speak transparently and openly, I was like, okay – that's a dude I intentionally want in my life. I've learned things about the gospel from Tim Sexton, uh, my buddy, who has his own story of failure that he mm-hmm. went through. He's a men's minister now at that church. 
And he's got his own story of failure that he can tell about how he truly understand the depths of God's grace and goodness because of some things that he went through in his life. And now he's just given to men. And so together we start this little ministry. We just go, Hey, let's just Friday mornings, you know, we'll, we'll get together. And here was the, here was the basic plan. We're going to pick up, we're going to pick a scripture from, from God's word. That'll be our principle. That's the tool. So every man needs a tool chest, right? Yeah. We're going to give them a tool to go, to be, to, to, to be a better parent. So we're going to choose an image. Men are very image driven. So every one of our lessons has a simple image that will help them remember it with. We choose, we choose some very simple stories from history or personal or whatever that go into this idea of this concept. And then we end every day with a challenge. Now, here's the principle. It's the tool that's now in your pocket. This specific thing, before you come back next time, you do this with every one of your kids individually. Now, mm. some dudes, they got one kid. That's all right. I got six. It takes me like a month to get that done, <laughs> you know, with six. We got to plan that out. But here's, here's the magic of what happens. It's not a parenting class. It's not a Bible study where we're just like sitting around thinking about stuff. The point is, now take this challenge and go do it. And so when they come back the next month, we're sitting around tables. I encourage guys, hey, bring the same group of dudes with you. Or if we need to connect you with a group of dudes, we can. Sit at that table. And at the next month, we get some time. And all they do is they talk about how'd it go. How'd yeah. it go last month yeah. with your kids? How did you, how did, was it good? Was it bad? And so every once in a while, we have testimonies. And we call them M46 moments. M46, that name comes from Malachi 4.6. It says, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers toward the children That's and good. the hearts of the children towards the fathers. What we say is, as I'm intentional, what happens, part of the gospel, as God turns my heart towards my children and I'm intentional, their hearts are turned towards us. And so whether it's good or bad, we encourage our guys the next week, hey, if you had one of those M46 moments, hey, would you share it with the group? So our yeah. testimonies are guys who are willing to stand up. And to be quite honest, some of that, some of that gets very, very powerful. Because when guys come in, we listen, we're not psychiatrists. So we're never in here trying to hammer your relationship with your dad. What, what did that yeah. do? What did that do? Yeah. We try to stay totally focused on your relationship with your kids. But guys, naturally, because of the topic, they think, how, was, how did my dad do this with me? Or yeah. they start thinking about their relationship with God, or they think about their relationship with their kids. And dude, we have all these incredible stories of just simply saying, here's a principle from God's word. Here's a challenge to go do. And, and a lot of the challenges, it's just, it's a conversation opener somehow. Mm -hmm. And then here's what happened. And so, dude, I've been doing it for seven years and it's such a blessing. I hope I'll do it for the rest of my life, you know, because it's been a blessing because all I'm doing now is fulfilling a prayer that my wife had for that two-year period when I really, really struggled. She said she would consistently pray this prayer. God, use every bit of our of this family's pain for your glory. Yeah. Every time I walk into one of those meetings, I remember my wife sharing that with me afterwards as M46 starts. And I remember thinking like, God has purposes, even in our pain, even in our suffering, and even in the depths of our screw ups. Yeah. But he's so true. 
like though a just man falls seven times, he, he rises again. God did have purpose on the other side. And so, man, as I get to do this with men, it's a blessing because God did it for me. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I, I love that. Cause I love, I love the way that it was, it was intentional and uh, you know, helping men. A lot of times, a lot of guys think it's just teaching them something, but I like the experiential side that you're putting in there that men have to experience something. You know, yeah. when they go to basic training, they're experiencing the training. They're not just being taught a lesson on how to do something. There's okay, go out and do it. And I think men respond to that. Well, what did I tell you? It was an incredible story. And this is just the first half. Kenny's going to talk a little bit more in the detail of what they do with M46 Dads, how it helps men, what they do, and that'll be happening next week. So we can't wait to see you then. If you'd like to find out more about Kenny and Tim and what they do with M46 Dads, just go to m46dads.com. That's M, the number 46dads.com, and you can get all their information there. And I'll put a link in the show notes. You've been listening to the Confident Man Podcast. Click subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. You can connect with David on Facebook and Instagram at David the Maxwell. Find resources to help you as a man at theconfidentman.me. That's theconfidentman.me.